Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June 17th, and our passage for today is Isaiah 61, the good news of salvation. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord, notice all caps, the personal covenant name of God Himself, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, this is a wonderful passage, a beautiful, beautiful song from the pen of Isaiah. It is a messianic psalm, and we know that for certain because of the Gospel of Luke. Now, I'm going to just read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, and I want to encourage you to mark in your Bibles these passages because they are rich with content. In the book of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 16, the Scripture says that after Jesus had been in the wilderness— after he had been tempted by the devil himself for 40 days, the scripture says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now, this is fascinating because, as you know, often you hear people say, well, I'm just going to stick with the Bible and we need to do that, of course. But they don't want to do anything that is traditional. Well, Jesus did many things that are traditional, and they are in the gospel accounts themselves. Many times we just gloss over those because we don't know ourselves what is tradition and what is not. But I can tell you the synagogue is not a Levitical or Old Testament entity. Jesus worshiped every Shabbat, or the phrase, as was his custom, means nothing. In reality, it does, because every Shabbat, Jesus was in the synagogue. It was his custom. It was his manner. It was his habit, is what that was saying. And remember, the synagogue did not arise until the Babylonian captivity. It was solidified during the Persian period, and it was called the Beit Knesset. It was called the House of Gathering, Israel's House of Parliament, where the seat of government is in Jerusalem today, is called the assembly house, the Knesset. Beit Knesset was the house of gathering. Now, the reason we don't call it Beit Knesset, that's a Hebrew term, is because we follow the Greek, and the Greek is synagogos. Soon is the word for 
together. A gogos we go. We go together. And that is the term synagogue. This was the term that was used from the time of Alexander and his Greek language, the Koine Greek. This was the common language of the people. As a matter of fact, it was such the language that one of the dynasty of Ptolemy wanted all of the Old Testament translated into the language of the people so that they could read it. And that's exactly what happened. So that's where the Septuagint came from. We call it the 70 LXX is what we usually see it in commentaries. Now back to the text. Jesus was a regular worshiper in the synagogue. So that was totally a tradition had nothing to do with the Levitical commandments, had nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. It only had to do with the intertestamental period. Jesus did many things that were traditional. As a matter of fact, when you read the account of the last Passover, he was following a Haggadah that was similar that we use today in Passover Seders. It had been solidified by the time of Jesus with the four-cup system. That was a teaching tool so that there could be consistency in all of the families with Jews scattered throughout the earth in the diaspora and also in the homeland of the Jewish people in the nation of Israel. And so there is no four cup system in the Bible, but Jesus used that like the Jews do today. Why did he do that? Because it was a traditional teaching tool. And often people will say to me, well, how do we know when to follow tradition, when not to? Well, again, we go to our Lord because he is the one that is the model for everything that we do. And Jesus embraced that tradition and those traditions that enhanced his walk and worship with God. And he rejected those that distracted and detracted from his walk and worship of God the Father. And so we can follow that same system. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the Beit Knesset, into the synagogue on Shabbat. And he stood up to read. And listen to verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Remember, there were no chapter verse divisions as there are today. So he opened it to what we call Isaiah 61. And it's recorded in verse 18 of Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you'll recall, I just read that out of Isaiah 61, but I stopped here in the Gospel of Luke in verse 19 where the Lord did. Because he didn't say the rest of the verse where it talks about the vengeance of God. Why? Because that is not fulfilled yet, and that is not why he came at his first coming. He came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which was the year of Jubilee. Now remember, the Torah portions, or the Parsha, is a portion of the Torah that is read every week, because all of the first five books of Moses are divided up where that the Jews can read through the entire Torah every year. And so it was divided up since ancient times. You say, well, when was it divided up? 
Well, Jewish tradition says that it was done so by Ezra. That's right, Ezra the scribe who wrote the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Why did he do that? Well, it is because Ezra believed that one of the reasons for the captivity was that the people were ignorant of the Word of God, and they had no systematic way to read through the Torah, which is the basis of all of life and God's instruction for the Jewish people on how to live a life that's pleasing to Him, a life of obedience, a life of trust. It has always been trust. The Torah wasn't given to save. The Torah was given to instruct in faith in the way of righteousness, which has always been faith, And that was clearly shown by the Apostle Paul, a Jewish rabbi, in the book of Romans, chapter 4, where he talks about Abraham being justified by faith, not by works. It has always been faith that a man has been made right with God, never by keeping of the law. It is always by the shedding of blood that there is forgiveness. It was only after the destruction of the temple that the Torah and the keeping of commandments was the way that a person was saved. It's always been by the shedding of blood. And so when Jesus was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, he was handed the Torah portion that Ezra had laid out for all of Israel to follow during the days of the intertestamental period. You see, Ezra divided up the entire Torah, the first five books of Moses, so that the nation of Israel, wherever they were, could read through, be reading through the same passage every Shabbat, every week. They could read the same passages so that they could all be on the same page. They could all be singing the same song so that they could all learn the same words and be emphasizing the same words at the same time every year. This was so important for the nation because they had forgotten the law of God. And the reality is, if you don't have a reading plan of some kind or another, odds are you're not reading through the scriptures on a regular basis. The Torah portion in Ezra is the inspiration for the 365. This is why I started the 365 Bible reading plan. Why? Why would I do that? The same reason Ezra did. I find as I travel around the nation, I see that the church of Jesus is ignorant of Scripture. And the reason is we are not systematically reading through the Bible. Now, 365 chapters is not the entire Bible, of course. It's only about a third of the chapters. So why would I do that? To get you in the habit of getting into the Word of God every day with a portion, with explanatory notes, with commentary. This is why the podcast, this is why I write 400-word to 450-word commentary every day of the year so that you can have something to read that will help you to understand the Word of God. Just as Ezra, I feel like we are losing ground because we're ignorant of the Scriptures because we do not read it on a systematic way. And so Ezra divided up the Torah into portions. Now, why would Jesus be reading from the prophet Isaiah? Because you see, the prophet's And the writings explain the Torah, which is the basis of all of the scriptures, just like the epistles explain 
the Gospels. This is the way that God did it. He wrote out something like the Torah, like the Gospels, historical narrative, and then the prophets and the writings in the Old Testament explain the Torah like the epistles and the Acts do in the New Testament. And so this is the whole reason for Ezra laying out the Torah into these sections. Now, during the Greek period, there was a period when you could not read the Torah because it was outlawed. So what did the Jews do? Well, they wanted to abide by what was said, but continue to read the scriptures. And so they picked out portions of the prophets specifically and the writings that dealt with areas of the Torah on specific days. And they would read these portions of the prophets and of the writings and not technically read the Torah. For instance, the passage in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19 is a reference to Isaiah 61. Yes, but Isaiah 61 is a reference to Leviticus 25 so that the Jews could keep reading the Torah but actually read it from the prophets, which is referencing the Torah, and so they could teach their children about it and technically be keeping the law of the Greeks and the Greek rulers so that their families would not be persecuted. And so they were doing the best that they could to continue to keep the teachings before their families. So Ezra divided all of this up so that they could have a weekly Torah portion. And so when Jesus went into the synagogue, he was handed the portion, the Torah portion for that week, which in the prophets was the book of Isaiah, what we call chapter 61. Jesus was handed that. He didn't get up and say, well, I just feel led to read this passage. No, that was the portion for that week. And it was picked out 400 years plus before Jesus was in that synagogue in Nazareth. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is so sovereign that the very Torah portion that Jesus was to read that week in Nazareth, in his hometown, was the passage that dealt with himself. Verse 20 of Luke chapter 4 says, Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at his gracious words, which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Why? Because they all knew that was a messianic passage. And Jesus was saying, I am here to fulfill the law of Jubilee, which says that every 50 years, all of the bad decisions, financial decisions that had been made are now given a clean slate. Everybody gets a clean slate. Everybody gets a fresh start. And what Jesus was saying using this Torah portion that was laid out 400 plus years before he was in the synagogue, so that on the very day that he was in his hometown, in his own synagogue, they would hand him the portion that pertained to him. I hope I've helped you to understand this passage in Isaiah 61, because this is the passage that Ezra had laid out, and Jesus was given that, and he gave it the commentary after reading and said, today in me, this is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.